0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer powered, listener supported.
1: Community Radio from South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones.
2: And I'm Sydney Foreman. This is the WFHB Local News for Wednesday, March thirty first, two 2021.
1: This week, we present a four-part WFHB News Special where we revisit the stories we've covered over the last year. We've selected four areas of reporting, which include homelessness in Bloomington, the coronavirus pandemic, social justice reporting, and environmental stories.
2: In our third installment of this series, we focus on social justice reporting. The summer of 2020 was marked by protests after the police killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Sean Reed. Monroe County Human Rights Commissioner Vox Booker said he survived an attempted lynching. In this series, we cover the news behind the protest and the protests themselves. All that and more in today's edition of the WFHB Local News, Social justice.
1: On June 5th, WFHB's Cade Young, Sydney Foreman, Katrine Bruner, and Nicholas DeBrida covered the Enough is Enough protest at Dunmeadow in response to the George Floyd killing and other victims killed by police. This broadcast features interviews from activists, volunteers, business owners, and natural sounds from the protest, which was captured on the day of the event. We turn to the reporters of the WFHB local news from last summer, covering the Enough is Enough protest.
3: At 2 p.m., it's 88 degrees Fahrenheit. A small crowd gathers in the shade at Dunmeadow. Volunteers hand out water bottles. Cardboard boxes are handed out to encourage protesters to make their own signs. Protesters wear t-shirts that say, enough is enough. One protester stands in the grass holding a sign that says, quote, say their names, end quote, with a list of victims who were recently killed by police. That protester is Charlie Nelms, local activist, scholar, and author based in Bloomington. He said it's important to say the names of the victims because it reminds protesters that these were real people. However, he said saying their names is not enough. He said protests like this can lead to real change. They're real people. They're not um, inconsequential, they're not invisible. They're real people.
0: They're our sisters, our brothers, our cousins, our neighbors, our aunts, our uncles. They're real people, and their lives have consequences. But it's not enough for us to say their names. We really need to do something to honor their memory, not just marching. Marching is something that is temporary. We need to do something more substantive by becoming involved in a movement that is continuous. Because the movement that we're engaged in is one that is going to keep on. It has to keep on. We can't resolve the issue immediately.
3: WFHB news correspondent Katrine Brunner talks to Yudi Santos-Lewis, owner of the Black-owned business Rastapops. Here is that interview.
4: To me, personally, it means the unity, the unity of the people, not only because of what is happening now with racial problems, but also what is happening all over the world with social problems. Because I think the protests became more than that, actually. As an African-Brazilian, I, I have it to be here and I to honor my ancestors. If I wouldn't come here, no, I don't think my ancestors would be proud of me right. for not coming and support the cause like this. I'm here like everybody else is, to protest, and not only for George Floyd, but for everything that has been happening for a little more than the last 500 years. It's like 2020 and, you know, it like things, things doesn't stop, doesn't change at all. That's why I'm here. From today, we just a small part, né? we're a small part of né? a bigger picture of what's happening in the whole world, actually. So we try to do our part here to make things change. Né? Someone got to pay, someone got to get a, a accountable.
3: Why they done. Marquiba Reese used a bullhorn to ask, quote, why are you here? End quote. Protesters responded, quote, Black Lives Matter, end quote. Then Sam Cook's A Change is gonna come played on the loudspeaker. Protesters held up their signs as the music played. Signs read: No justice, no peace, I can't breathe, and be the change. There were also people handing out masks. Among those handing out masks were Nicole Johnson. WFHB Assistant News Director, Sydney Foreman, interviews Nicole Johnson.
5: My name is Nicole Johnson and I'm from Mutual Aid Masks. Um, We are an organization in town. Our mission is to basically serve vulnerable populations and the organizations that serve them and uh, provide, educate and and distribute PPE, provide and distribute PPE. So there's an education aspect to it. Harm reduction is across the board. Seat belts are harm reduction. Masks are harm reduction. Those are both universal. That's for everybody. These are for everybody. And then we have the specialized. The naloxone for PWIDs, the condoms for anybody who likes sex. And then sanitizer, of course, is for everybody as well.
3: (laughs) At 3 p.m., Dunmeadow is full of protesters. They chant Black Lives Matter in unison while students beat on bass drums to keep the rhythm. FHP news correspondent Nicholas Debrita interviewed volunteers at the protest who wished to remain anonymous.
6: I think everybody
7: should should be um, should be out here um, and doing what they can to, to support our black community in Bloomington and across the states. And um, to me, that's just
2: my way of doing that. Personally, I think I was motivated sort of by the national movement and um, just really felt the need to... As, as she said, to come out and support it in the local community. You know, I've grown up in Bloomington, and
5: um, it's something that I care
8: about. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. How did you hear about volunteering here? Was it social media? Did you know someone? Social Social media, media.
5: yeah. And then I'm um, in a couple um, politically active um, groups on campus.
3: Debrita interviewed Kai Freeman, president of the Black Student Union at IU. Freeman helped organize the event. Here is that interview.
7: Basically what I would say is is just like again BSU like as an organization since it's like the organization I'm a part of, it aligned with what like our mission is and our purposes. So it's something that we heavily get support. The efforts that were put forth here are individual people acting as like members just taking a stand Absolutely. in the Bloomington community. But again, alongside a lot of student organizations, I think ASA as well, African Student Association like gave their support for this and BSU gave their support with posting all of the flyers that are necessary and still rallying behind getting people to donate supplies for the event. So like Target donated supplies. We have the Dean of Students that donated supplies from like VSU like connections and working with that.
8: So not an organizer, but a supporter. And I have a quick question, because you talked about posters. What was the main use of publicizing uh, the information for this event today? Was it social media? Was uh, it physical so posters?
7: Literally, it, we took every type of avenue that we possibly could. So Facebook, social media, an Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, stories, everything now. Because we live in a digital age, so it's Absolutely. so much easier to get things out that way. And people can spread it. They can repost it. Personal messaging to people, too, gets things a lot. Like, just sending it to one person, tell them, send this to three more people. Right. And that's how I think we got, like, just a large following amount. Or even with on our Facebook. Um, We got like 3.3, like K people said that they were confirmed that they were going. So that's what I think. I mean, that's what we use primarily. No giant emails or anything like that, but just like word of mouth, like, and just putting it out ourselves. Um, So, again, kind of creating that sense of togetherness, Um, even while we're still trying to do all of our little safety regulations. We got masks, we got gloves, we have hand hand sanitizer for days. It's like a lot going on everywhere. So it's just like. I mean the stations, but primarily right now we just have like our like get you some water, get you some food, get you some something in your stomach before you go like on this long march because um, it's hot outside too, and we don't want anybody you know have heat stroke. Absolutely. So I gotta feed the people, and that's pretty much all we got going for right
8: now. I know you said a lot of the proceeds are going to a lot of um, fundraisers mm-hmm. to invest in like black communities. Mm-hmm. Is that are you are you focused more on local um, foundations? Or are you or is it more of a national? Like, so where are these organizations? So,
7: Banneker is something that's in Bloomington. So, that's more of a direct local one that we're really funding and sending money to. Just so, because it's, like, more in a neighborhood with a lot of African-Americans. It has a lack of resources. Um, so, again, things that they could use in their center that we've been in business with them for. We are actually for that, the uh, one that we're doing for the black businesses. we meeting that is a national one that we have kind of put together. Um, but, again, it, the money is being spread out in so many different so many different ways that we have like and we're consistently taking in donations to consistently keep pouring into like all of the local things that we're doing here in bloomington but also on a national level Absolutely. so that's the micro than the macro um, so we have this like saying in bsu that we that we say all the time is like keep that same energy is that like we're we want to see this same support even when this stuff is not like is hitting the thing, Right. to be completely honest, because that's what tends to happen is that we have these giant issues that occur. We're like, ah, ah, so vocal about it, and it dies out. So this could be something that potentially turns into even a student organization through IU, because a lot of IU students actually help to organize this type of thing. IU faculty, IU staff lending their resources. So I can't um, promise anything, right. but I can definitely assure you that I don't think that after we've started this thus far, that it's going to completely end after this protest. We're going to consistently keep talking to people in the, like, even in uh, Bloomington here. Well, like
3: The march started on 7th Street, near the intersection of 7th Street and Indiana Avenue. The following audio is taken from the march at about 3.30 p.m.
5: Okay. No racist fascists, USA no trump no can' no get gay, 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 gay no racist fascist usa no trump no, no can' no no get gay, gay, gay no racist fascist usa no trump no can' get gay no racist fascist USA no
7: trump
6: Yeah. yeah.
3: The courthouse square was packed with protesters. Roads were blocked off as people marched from Dunmeadow to the Monroe County Courthouse.
2: Over the 2020 July 4th weekend, Vox Booker said a group of people physically assaulted him at Lake Monroe. Booker says he is the survivor of an attempted lynching. We aired coverage of the incident during the July 6th edition of The Local News.
5: We have a six-foot black male who's going to be heading down to the beach area, reference that disturbance call.
3: Over the July 4th weekend, a group of people physically assaulted local resident Vox Booker at Lake Monroe. The racist incident was caught on cell phone video by a number of witnesses. After the assault, Booker said he was diagnosed with a minor concussion, some abrasions, bruising, and some ripped out hair patches. He said some of the five men who assaulted him were wearing Confederate flags. Booker said he and his friends met at Lake Monroe to see the lunar eclipse. On their way to the park, Booker said they encountered a large white male who seemed drunk and wore a hat with a Confederate flag print on it. Quote, We noticed he began following us in an ATV and we stopped as he drove behind us and then he stated we were on private property. End quote, said Booker. Booker responded that he believed the organizers of the lunar eclipse viewing received permission to be on the property. When he arrived at the event, Booker said he told the event organizer what happened. According to a Facebook post by Booker, he was informed that the man who followed them on the ATV was not the property owner. Booker said he informed his friends that were on their way to the lake to use the public beach entrance to avoid any conflict. He said he later found out that a group of men had blocked off the public beach entrance with a boat and ATVs, saying it was their land. In his Facebook post, Booker said when people attempted to cross, the man yelled, quote, white power, end quote, at them. Booker said that he and a friend decided to walk back and attempt to have a conversation with some of the, quote, more sober-seeming group members and see if we could smooth things over for a bit, end quote. The following audio comes from The Bloomingtonian. It was also posted on Vox Booker's Facebook account. We warn you, the listener, that the following audio is graphic.
7: Stop! Let him go! Stop! Let him go! Him. So to here, We're just
2: trying to get out of here, guys. We're just trying to get out of here. Let right, him go! Right,
0: let him, go. let him go, dude. Let him go. Let him go, please. Let him go. Please let him go. We're going to as soon as you let him go. Go. Go.
2: go.
0: I'm going to.
7: Let go. 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 go him,
0: go. lim- him go. Get your
7: phone out here go. Shake your
5: head at me him go. Mercy. No. I know. Just like all no oh, you were when you I know you I like like Just like, like, like no.
2: you guys invaded us. No one invaded us. You guys invaded us. We were having a great time, and
8: you invaded us. No one
7: invaded you. Stupid liberal. Pay it back. That's what you get. Take your on. What's on? Are you okay? That.
3: Booker said, quote, My enduring gratitude to those who stopped merely being bystanders and acted to aid me, who told the police what they'd seen and heard, and who shared my outrage at DNRs in our prosecutor's office in action. End quote. Vox Booker did an interview with Just Face It with Corey Fair on Sunday. In that interview, he retells the incident at Lake Monroe.
6: The story begins with, uh, it's Independence Day. Uh, You know, I'm I'm a black person, so I really don't feel that. The Fourth of July didn't win my freedom. Uh, So I decided to go out with some friends who were going to celebrate uh, by viewing the lunar eclipse that night. Uh, It was a short hike to the campsite, maybe about 10 minutes. Uh, A friend and I were going to meet these individuals. Uh, as we were backpacking in, we ran across a large gentleman who seemed quite inebriated. Uh, he had on a large cowboy hat with a Confederate flag, um, uh, print to it. So we were cool, drew enough, uh, moved on, and a few moments later we noticed that the man was falling, uh, coming up behind us on our ATV. We stopped, engaged him, he thought he was a property owner, it was private property, uh, we apologized, uh, continued on, uh, told him that we had mistakenly thought that the event organizer had uh, received permission from the property owner, and we arrived at our event. Uh, met some individuals, talked to the organizer. The organizer apologized, uh, informed us that that actually wasn't the property owner, uh, that perhaps he was a friend of the property owner, and they weren't aware that they were going to be there. So... Just to avoid any type of conflict uh, that might arise, uh, we let uh, folks who were coming know via Facebook that uh, they could simply walk the public beachway around, even though it might be five more minutes. Uh, it was clearly public land, uh, and so there shouldn't be any conflict. Some moments later, we uh, had some friends arrive that said, Hey, uh, these individuals have walked off the beach uh, with a boat and some ATVs. Uh, they're yelling racial, racial slurs at us uh, and chanting white power.
3: Earlier this afternoon, I spoke with Vox Booker's attorney, Catherine Lyle, over the phone. She told me some of the repercussions the attackers may face, her initial reaction, and what the public can do to help. Here is that interview. So, first of all, Catherine, can you do your best to describe the incident at Lake Monroe?
5: Well, in a nutshell, what happened, Vox was going to a gathering to celebrate the lunar eclipse on the lake, one of our favorite places to go to in the summer here in southern Indiana. And um, he was initially accosted by some individuals at a campground, and he was able to get past them when his friend started to come to join them at their camp Those individuals started yelling white power, Um, and so Vox confronted the individuals about their use of that term, um, and they quickly attacked him, and not only did they confine him and they beat him, he suffered a minor concussion, he has clumps of his hair torn out, and they pinned him by his neck against a tree for quite a long time until his friends um, intervened, and we know one of them took that video, um, and were able to get the man in the red shirt to release Vox and let him go. Shortly thereafter, Vox called 911, and it took one to two hours for anybody to come out there and respond during this very explosive time. They were left alone and unprotected uh, by this group of I don't even know what to call them, animals. Um, And uh, I have a perfect cage that they can go in. It's called the Monroe County Jail. So um, when DNR finally did show up, they conducted a terrible investigation. They didn't even secure the video that showed Vox being pinned against the tree. Um, And so gratefully, The Monroe County Prosecutor's Office called them in first thing this morning, and they are reviewing the case. During the time that Vox was being pinned against the tree, they yelled to get a noose, and they threatened to break his arms. And the person that shot the video saw the person twisting Vox's arm and actually thought that it would be broken. Also, the person who shot the video told me the look in their eyes was something he had never seen before on a primal level. And he is certain if he hadn't been there and the other people, they would have killed Vox.
3: When the DNR showed up, did they collect the names of the men who physically assaulted Vox Booker?
5: Hopefully, I have not seen the report yet, but yes, there are identi- the, those identities are known. Prosecutor's office is taking this very seriously. It's a number one item of business.
3: Now, what kind of repercussions could the attackers face?
5: Well, when I look at that video, I see felonies, and I see all sorts of felonies, including strangulation, criminal confinement, and battery with injury. Um, Besides their obvious, to me, public drunkenness. Um, and it really also goes to show the need for hate crime legislation in Indiana. Once again, our state legislature last year voted down a hate crime law. And so we don't have any separate offense that they can be charged with for this obvious hate crime. Um, it can only be used to aggravate a sentence that a convicted person could receive. So one of the things that we want to come out of this is hate crime legislation. And I think Vox is planning when the legislature reconvenes and the bill comes up once again before committee, and it will, that hopefully Vox can go and testify and share his story and show the video and talk about the need for hate crime legislation in Indiana.
3: I kind of want to ask you about, personally, what your first reaction was when you heard about this incident.
5: Well, when Vox first reached out to me, I was horrified and sickened. Um, first, I read of the account in a private message he sent to me, and then I saw the video. And uh, I, we were uh, immediately determined to begin reaching out to the prosecutor's office, advocating for these people to be arrested and to be locked up. Um, you know, Vox needs a no-contact order. We need those people ordered never to contact Vox or any of his party again. They're dangerous people and they need to be held accountable. And that's what I thought when I saw and heard of this.
3: The last question I have for you, Catherine, is what can the public do to help bring these individuals to justice?
5: Well, you know, the public right now, the most important thing they can do is to support. Um, The Enough is Enough and Black Lives Matter movement to continue to be an ally to our people of color, friends, and to continue to listen to them and to take their lead in what we need to do as their allies to stop white supremacy and racism.
3: People on social media started to identify the names of the attackers. WFHB has not independently confirmed the names. A demonstration in solidarity with Vox Booker is planned for tonight at 5.30 p.m. at the Monroe County Courthouse. For WFHB, I'm Cade Young.
1: Days later, a red Toyota Corolla drove into several protesters near the Monroe County Courthouse Square, You will hear from Vox Booker, eyewitnesses, a medic, and several other demonstrators. WFHB correspondent Nicholas Debrida reported on the protest at that time.
2: First at 11, breaking news, a peaceful protest against an Bloomington video posted breaking on breaking news media. that's just happened within the last hour or so down in Bloomington as a car hits people at the end of the protest there tonight.
8: The night of June 6th outside the Bloomington courthouse was a time of defiance where citizens in and outside of Bloomington came together to publicly criticize the racial injustice in the town in response to the attempted lynching of Vox Booker. As the protests began to disband, what seemed like a peaceful gathering to demand change immediately became a setting of chaos and disarray as a woman used her car to plow through protesters, Eric, a 21-year-old IU student, recounts the scene. We had just finished up and um, my girlfriend actually was driving my van, which was going this way, and she was trying to turn down Kirkwood to get out of the one way. And this car just like whipped around, and I was standing like right around here. And they, the red car missed the, the van. The van, okay. Yeah, and, and I noticed when it came around the, the corner that it uh, had a young um, person on the side and then somebody on the windshield and it came like ripping down Walnut, like you could hear the engine revving and then um, slammed on its brakes and then took this corner super hard. And then the girl that was on top of the windshield came flying off. The incident first occurred at the intersection of South Walnut and Kirkwood. Speeding and dragging the protesters for a block, the driver of the red Toyota swiftly turned down East 6th Street, where the woman who was struck by the vehicle was thrown. Local resident and 22-year-old IU student Claire Baker witnessed the scene from her apartment.
5: I had, been, I had heard it started around like 30 or 5, because I live right here. And then I
2: heard more than just like the normal protesting. It was just like a lot of commotion. And then I looked out as people were running down the street because the car that ran through the crowd apparently drove down this way. So people were chasing after them, trying to get the license plate and to try and get
5: the information about them.
8: While the license plate number has been recorded, there is no word yet on if the woman driving the car has been arrested or identified. If you have any information regarding the incident, please contact the Bloomington Police Department. The protest on June 6th was a gathering to call out the racism in the Bloomington community. Vox Booker, a survivor of the attempted lynching, reflected on how Bloomington needs to improve.
0: I've talked to so many media agencies in the the last day, and the question that folks keep asking me is, how do I feel? Uh, How do I feel while I'm being pinned down and beaten? How do I feel about racism in the country? Uh, and the answer is, I feel numb. Uh, I've been here for for years. I, I, I've organized with Jen in, in, in BLM. I, I've, uh, I've spoken on panels with Ann Rita. Uh, for years we have talked about systemic inequality in our community. Uh, in Bloomington, Monroe County, I chair the County Affordable Housing Commission we have less than 1% black homeownership. Uh, If you want to talk about use of force with BPD, you're gonna see a a five to six times representation of black people. If you want to talk about education, you're gonna see that there's almost no representation of minority children in AP classes. You're gonna see that Bloomington has one of the worst black graduation rates. If you want to see the school to prison pipeline, you really don't have to look much further than Bloomington, Indiana. The difference is that there are so few of us, when we cry, they can drown it out. I'm sad that we have to keep doing this. I just feel like I was here a week ago. Uh, I didn't want to speak. I was tired then. Now I feel like I don't have a choice. Uh, y'all, a, a group of white men dragged me to a tree, and, 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 Yo, get a noose, not even get a rope, get a noose. Uh, There was a moment where I was surrounded by white people who most I didn't know on every side, and I had to stop and ask myself when when these these white men were were saying, hey, just leave him with us. You can go, uh, just leave him here. Were they really going to leave me? And it's shaking me to my pool to 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 realize in that moment I didn't know if they were going to leave me. And I feel determined to resist because we see what happens. Not only did Bloomington move, the entire nation moved. I wasn't sure if people would defend me at the moment and the entire nation moved. Say Black Lives Matter, we mean that. And know that it's time to, to, to stop being bystanders, that we need to be active in confront systems of oppression. Uh, I'm here alive today because folks stop being bystanders.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> in that moment when five men were on top of me, and all I wanted to yell was I couldn't breathe. And I saw George Floyd's face in front of me, and all the ancestors that died, having figured that they could breathe, and I refused. And my community engaged. They intervened, and they affirmed that Black lives matter. You matter. I'm not gonna stay long. I love you all. These Justice for box signs uh, have made me emotional. Uh, I don't want us to have to ask for justice for one more name. Enough is enough. Black Lives Matter. I love you.
1: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's newscast was produced by Cade Young, Sydney Foreman, Katrine Bruner, and Nicholas Debrita.
2: Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Our engineer and executive producer is Kate Young. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman.
1: And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org
2: the wfhb local news is available as a podcast just search our call letters wfhb wherever you find your podcast subscribe and never miss another local news program
1: stay tuned for Hereabouts, asian american midwest radio coming up next on wfhb